Welcome to the podcast series for the ESRC-funded International Centre for Life Course Studies in Society and Health at UCL. In today's podcast, Amanda Hughes from ICLS discusses research looking at the links between unemployment and poor health. She starts by explaining the background to the research. In the past few years, people have got quite interested in the inflammatory response, this idea of systemic inflammation. This is the idea that there's a biological response which is set off in response to infection or injury. In that context, it's very useful because it helps the immune system do what it needs to do to repair a wound and this kind of thing. It also appears that sometimes people will run this response that's characterised by very increased concentrations of certain molecules in the bloodstream when they're not actually infected or injured at a lower level but often for quite a long period of time and that's thought to be influenced by external sources of stress including sort of stressful events that can happen to a person in a life. The other thing I have mentioned about these molecules is that they're clinically important because they've been shown to be associated with increased risk of heart disease. The other part of the background is that people who are unemployed appear to be at greater risk of mortality than their employed counterparts and also to have greater rates of both physical and and mental illness. What there's less agreement about is the extent to which the stressful life experience of unemployment could be a way that it causally impacts on physical as well as, as mental health and perhaps even mortality if these molecules get raised. What's out there already that, that has sort of fed into your research? There's a lot of a lot of work that's been done on increased risk of uh, things like depression uh, for people that are currently unemployed and some evidence that the effects may last even after people become re-employed. There was a really important study that came out in the looking at men who had reported that they were unemployed and seeking work in the 1971 census and 10 years later they were more likely to be dead. Some of this was explained by differences in their social background but even after that was taken into account there was an excess 20% risk that they will have died in the intervening 10 years. That study obviously generated a lot of interest but there were still questions about whether the causation was actually going the other way, whether this was about people who were ill and, and lost their jobs as a result. Which is why I guess the point of this research was try to tackle that sort of tricky issue about causation in a different way because Because if these molecules become raised in response to stress caused by unemployment, that can impact physical health and ultimately mortality, potentially. You wouldn't expect the molecules to become raised by the reverse process, so long as you are taking account of whether people report that they actually have an illness. Because the interesting thing about these molecules is that you get increases in these things before people begin to feel ill. So on their own, they shouldn't influence chance of job loss, so long as you've asked people if they're actually ill. Just tell us a bit then about where you got your information from, why they're particularly helpful sources for looking at these questions. The data we used came from the Health Survey for England and the Scottish Health Survey. And these are quite large-scale annual surveys that the government uses. The point is to track year-on-year changes in things like obesity and smoking prevalence. But they measure a lot of things. So I I, uh, joined together multiple years of this data that was all from between 1998 and 2010. And that gave me in total a sample of about 23,000 people from both England and Scotland. And everyone who was in that sample, they only took part in the sample once, but 
a lot of information was taken not just on things like socio-demographics and what they were doing for a job at the time or whether they were employed versus unemployed but also blood samples which is how I got the information on these molecules for people who were unemployed we knew what kind of a job they had before they became unemployed. Also things like how much people smoked, whether they smoked, how much they smoked, whether people drank, how much they drank, if they're actually ill. Body mass index measured by a nurse. So that also was really useful in terms of separating out, again, a sort of stress pathway from a different pathway, which is a different way that unemployment could impact on health, which is that unemployment could lead to changes in health-related behaviours. So it could make people smoke more and drink more, for example. You know, and that, that's still unemployment having a causal impact on health, but that's a different story. And I was more interested in, in one about direct effects via stress. What were the main sort of facts and figures that came out when you, when you started looking into it? There were two molecules that were measured from the blood samples that I was interested in. One's called C-reactive protein and one is called fibrinogen. I compared people who were currently unemployed to people that were currently employed. One important thing to mention is that people who describe themselves as not working due to sickness or disability, they were treated as a separate group entirely. The unemployed people had increased levels of both CRP and fibrinogen compared to employed people. This was partly explained by differences in their sort of social background, so occupational social class from people's most recent job if they were unemployed um, tended to be more disadvantaged than the employed people. This makes sense because unemployment itself is quite it's is uh, is socially patterned. So if you've had quite an advantaged life and you have a lot of education and a lot of social contacts and social capital, you're less likely to experience much unemployment in your life because you know even if things are difficult um, in an economic recession or you may n- end up with not as good a job as you would have wanted but you're unlikely to actually not be able to find a job so mm. you know the, the sort of social background is something that really needs considering here after accounting for that and also housing tenure which is another measure of social position the effect sizes went down a little bit but still unemployed people compared to comparable employed people had higher levels of these molecules. So one of our findings was that the unemployed people had almost one and a half times the chance of having concentrations of C-reactive protein in blood samples of more than three milligrams per litre. Now that's important because three milligrams per litre of C-reactive protein, that's associated with an increased cardiovascular risk. That's clinically important. Now some studies have indicated that things might be worse for younger people and older men. That's from some of the literature, some of the previous literature. Is that what you found as well? People who are unemployed when they're older, by which I mean 48 to 64, the effects were much stronger for them. They may have been unemployed for longer. Maybe were, were catching people near the end of a life that's included a lot of unemployment. And that stressful experiences such as unemployment may work in an additive way in terms of any biological effects they might have. A second reason why we might have found stronger effects for older people than younger people um, may be not that they have been unemployed for longer on average, but that unemployment of you know even a given duration may be a more stressful experience for older people. So there are theories that um, you know age discrimination 
makes things makes it a much more horrible experience you know knowing that you may possess outdated skills will again make the experience more psychologically and potentially physically taxing what would you say then amanda are the the key takeaways here from both from a policy and from a research perspective i mean there's obviously more research to be done it sounds particularly from a longitudinal perspective but what would you say are the key sort of points that you would want people to take away what do we learn in research terms definitely the next thing to do is look at these associations in the context of people's life histories um, to see if lots of like accumulated unemployment earlier in people's lives explains these nuances in the results. In terms of policy, what's really interesting about this is that this may be a plausible biological mechanism which could lead from being unemployed through sort of direct effects of, of stress to impaired physical health and potentially increased mortality. If that's true, if that occurs, then that means that we don't just need to worry about unemployment and try to minimise it for economic and social reasons. We absolutely need to if we're concerned about public health. Elevated inflammatory biomarkers during unemployment, modification by age and country in the UK, is researched by Amanda Hughes, Anne McMunn, Mel Bartley and Mina Kumari and is published in the Journal of Epidemiology and Community Health. More information is available on the ICLS website at www.ucl.ac.uk forward slash ICLS.